What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a load of show for you guys today, but as always, we'll break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions. We will be interviewing indie wrestler JT, J2 Mattioli. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19. Give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. So, Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? First off, be honest. You almost said JTG, didn't you? I almost said JT Mattioli, but JTG oh. could have came. Yeah. We should get him on the show. Hey, anyway. Dylan, come on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Open him. Um, so, Kyle, I have – honestly, I have two quick – stories one is kind of good and one is kind of somber which one you want to hear first uh well take an hour so do the somber one first all right so um (laughs) it's being it's being reported by the wall street journal Mm -hmm. uh that vince mcmahon has paid out more than 12 million dollars to four different women over the last 16 years to cover up uh misconduct allegations Yep. This obviously is piggybacking off of the first thing, or the the first story that broke a couple weeks ago with him and Laurinaitis. Um, we were only under the su- suspicion that it was one woman. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, it's four. Um, I've seen a lot of feedback uh, with the wrestling community on Twitter. I think Sean Ross um, said that Vince needs to be pulled from power completely, just removed from the company at this point. Gail Kim kind of shared that sentiment and asked why things are still kind of being pushed under the rug and why it's still acting like nothing's happening kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we've, we've talked about this stuff a lot, but at this point, Vince needs to go, right? Like no more creative control. I know he stepped down as chairman, but when at what point do people start to just kind of force him out of the company, like force him into retirement kind of thing? You know what I mean? I, I mean, I get what you mean, but who's going to do that? Well, so well, it have to be the board because he's no longer chairman, right? Or is he? He's no longer CEO. Well, he's no, he's no longer CEO. So, I mean, the, the only thing I can relate this to is I remember a few years ago, you probably do too, with the NFL, um, it was the old owner of the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. was found out, you know, some racist comments or whatnot in his past, and he was kind of forced out. He was forced yeah. to sell the team. This obviously isn't a league. Um, it's, it's its own privately or, you know, it's a publicly traded company, but it's, you know, owned by its own people. So it's not like, you know, there's a commissioner involved that can force a sale. But I feel like someone's got to do something and be like, Vince, you got to go. Like, you can't fire him, obviously, right? No. But you could you could force him into a retirement and just kind of take over. I feel like, would Vince do that? Probably not. No, I, do, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. And now I don't the, think he's going to. The big detail that, that has not been confirmed or denied yet, and this is the last thing I want to say about this before I move on to the happy one, Um. You made a mention, or you raised the question of, is he using the company's money, or is he using his own money for all these non-disclosure agreements, all these, you know, the hush money? Mm -hmm. That is yet to be determined. However, the fact that now it's increasing, it kind of reminds me of the whole thing going on with Deshaun Watson right now, where now that it's multiple people and not just one or two names, now that we're getting up to four and there's probably going to be more coming out. There's going to be more details 
because it's an ongoing investigation. Reminds me of the Sean Watson thing. Where there's smoke, there's probably fire. And as shady as it already sounds, wouldn't be shocked if we found out he was doing it on WWE's books. Oh, uh, then then they'll probably have to be forced out by probably the networks themselves, like USA or Fox. Well, that's I what don't... I mean. Like, there's got to be, like, at this point, when does Fox, when does USA, when does, you know, NBC Universal, which owns Peacock, the streaming rights to all the, the live events, when do they step in and be like, hey, you're gone or we're gone? Yeah. You know what well, I mean? it'd be at that point, yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked if we get to that point soon. That's my final thought about that. All right, so on to happier news. It was reported that the GOAT himself, Pat McAfee, has signed a multi-year extension with WWE. He's going nowhere. Um, Say what you want about him stepping into the ring. I know you've kind of pushed back and said that, you know, that should be a spot reserved for full-time members, not someone who just pops in from time to time. Say what you will about that. He brings enthusiasm and energy and mainstream attention to the product. Um, Also to the commentary table. Michael Cole has basically said that this is the most fun he's ever had doing commentary with WWE over the last 20 years or whatever is working with Pat. Um, He brings mainstream audience. He has his own media empire outside of WWE with his successful show that airs uh, every day during the week. Um, he's appeared on college game day, numerous appearances. He does a lot of stuff with, with NFL talk on, you know, ESPN and Fox and whatnot. This is, this is a win for WWE, right? It's, 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 it's just like the Logan Paul thing all over again. Say what you want about him, but they're going to get eyes. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Pat McAfee's more universally liked than Logan Paul, but yeah, it's, it's like the same, it's like the same beast. You, you keep that guy who already has a massive following outside of the company, it should bring everyone in. Like, I have friends who don't watch wrestling who hear that Pat McAfee's wrestling, and he's like, oh, man, I got to come over and see that. Like, that's the kind of drawing power I think he has. To a wrestling fan, to a diehard wrestling fan like you and I and, and everyone else, don't really care. I mean, I love the guy, but don't really care but for someone who doesn't watch wrestling and they're like oh shit i I know pat mcafee yeah they're gonna tune in and i think that's a win for wwe well i think it's a win for wwe like you said just because he does bring eyes to the product pat mcafee would only be good with his personality in wwe if he brought that to a little bit more serious promotion like New Japan or even aw it wouldn't work because it wouldn't be believed in him and excalibur that couldn't work He's a very, like, goofy kind of guy, and that's mm-hmm. what – I mean, that's what the audience for WWE kind of likes more than, like, the serious wrestling. Yep. So it makes sense. Um, I mute him a decent amount just because I think he's pretty annoying on commentary a little bit. True. Um, I think he is a little over the top at some point. Some, some points he does a really good job, mm-hmm. but uh, he, he just needs to find a little bit more of a balance. Yeah. But uh, – as for WWE, I mean, it's smart. I mean, well, people the thing like is, and... yeah, the, the, the thing is, is like with Pat, he's not like a wrestling guy where it's in the sense of like, oh, his contract expired. Where's he going to sign next? He's either working for WWE or he's not. Like, no, he, yeah. he, he's fine outside of the wrestling world with, with the money that he's drawing in from his radio show, with the money he's drawing in from FanDuel, um, all the sponsorship deals that he has outside of WWE. I just feel like WWE is like his playground. He gets to oh, he gets yeah. to let loose. 
because he says he's been a wrestling fan since he was a kid, he gets to tap into that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, you're never going to see him work for AEW or New Japan. He, he's never going to be with a more <laughs> quote-unquote serious promotion. Could you see him, could you see him being the commentator for stardom? <laughs> I'd honestly pay good money to hear him call at least one match. Um, well, and speaking Japanese, I'll do that. Oh, great. After he called, after after he joked about Shayna Baszler not having eyebrows once on uh, a takeover kickoff and how she scares him, I'd pay good money for him to watch a stardom match and try and commentate it. I mean that, but that's what I mean though. He he would just be a WWE guy, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's not going but, anywhere. But before I start mine, uh, AJ Styles does not have a match in Pat McAfee does. But we're gonna go on to yeah. the news story. Um. Oh, and Finn Balor, by the way, and Rick Shea. Uh, according to Fightful, New Japan Pro Wrestling announces stardom wrestlers will compete in New Japan Pro Wrestling of America rings moving forward. Stardom wrestling in the U or in the United States will get more eyes on the product and will allow some of their talent to work more on the independent scene. Stardom has been open to working with AEW. I believe they already have something in the works. Mm-hmm. Stardom is also interested in working with WWE, mm-hmm. uh, but I am very excited to the talent in Stardom because they are incredible. So they're going to get finally get the shine they deserve because they do some amazing things in that promotion. Yeah, sorry, I was taking a drink. Right. <laughs> I was mid sip as you finish your thoughts. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good news. I really wish stardom was featured on forbidden door. Uh, probably would have made the women's match better. You and I have said that a lot, Oh God! but yeah. I'm happy that there is some sort of like working relationship and getting them more mainstream exposure here in the States. Um, don't be shocked if, um, more promotions work together more often. And I'm kind of hinting at kind of hinting at the two biggest ones. Did you hear Tony Khan's comments this week? Well, if Triple H was ever the booker, I bet Stephanie and Triple H would do it. Vince isn't doing it. No. Well, here's the thing. So we saw AEW guys appear on Raw last week for the John Cena thing. I forgot to break that down when I did the rundown. I can't believe I forgot. But Jericho, Danielson, and Big Show, or sorry, Paul White, all said positive things. So they've worked together in the past – Mickey James did appear in the Rumble. Will they do a whole show? Probably not. But Tony Khan would love for it to happen. He's open I mean, to Tony it. Khan, I mean, getting a rub even off WWE's horrible product. I mean, WWE is at the top, so why not? Yeah. Um, if I were stardom, AEW needs to focus on their women's division before they bring anything else in there. Yeah, but couldn't if, they help? If, if I, uh, no, because they're all just going to lose like they always do when they Fair. split promotions. If I were them, I would push WWE because Asuka is still semi-decently treated. <laughs> Maybe they could find like the next really good worker from stardom. A, you know, an Asuka, uh, Kyrie Sane when she was there. I would do WWE if I were stardom. I would go right to the top of WWE because yep. I think I would benefit more there. Just <laughs> because even if it doesn't work and, you know, my people don't win. At least a lot of people are watching. Oh yeah, no, I 100% agree. If 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 you gave me the choice between the two, even though AEW is the better wrestling promotion, yeah, Stardom's going to get more eyes in WWE. I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. even with ratings tanking, put them on SmackDown. Like that's Fox. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
Like, you don't even have to have cable to get Fox. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, they're going to get more exposure doing WWE stuff. And especially if they do a Mae Young Classic again, which I've heard rumblings might happen. I doubt with the current state of NXT. No, they, they but, don't have enough talent there. But Well, that's, that's where stardom could come in and be like, you know, you could put on a big 32-woman tournament if you bring in all these international stars. I'd love for yeah. it to happen. Yeah, but if if Mandy Rose beat you, Tommy, I, I would turn it off and never watch that again. But Fair. we're going to go into AEW, Mandy Rose. Um, <laughs> AEW uh, this week, Don, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, starting with Rampage, Eddie Kingston defeated Takeshka in singles action. This was and, fun. And Gates of Agony defeated Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham after Gresham left his partner to dry. Um. I, I still think he's going to be joining Tully Blanchard and his uh, crew as well. Yep. Uh, to Dynamite, Wardlow beat Scorpio Sky in a street fight to capture the TNT title. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm beat Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose in a very forgettable tag match. What's their tag team name? Uh, oh, probably Thunderstorm. It's Thunderstorm, baby. Come on, that's like that's WWE creative. Right I know. There. Come on, we can do better. Uh, John Moxley was able to retain his interim world title against Brody King. To me, this was only decent. I was yeah. actually expecting a lot more from these two. Mm-hmm. However, what I want to talk about is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland defeating Butcher and the Blade in tag action. To me, this was the best match on AEW this week, and only showing that. AEW needs to push the Butcher and the Blade because they are incredible workers. After the match, we set up a triple threat title match for next week. Young Bucks versus Hobson Starks versus Swerve and Keith Lee. Should be a fun match, very predictable on where it's going to go. But Mm -hmm. uh, the match that we got on Wednesday was very good. Yeah, that's, that's a team that needs to be pushed, I think, much better. Um feel like you left something out but i feel like there's a reason why you left it out yeah I, okay okay yep. we'll get to it later okay yep there might i'm be. happy i'm happy we're on the same page or there might not be who knows there will be okay. um uh, i thought i thought AEW was pretty good this week um i wish i wish king and moxley was better than it was i yeah. was really i was really stoked for that match uh the kingston match was a lot of fun did you see the german on the apron and then turned into like an exploder. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, whew, dude, that the was, can go. That was a lot of fun. That match was a lot of fun. I've rewatched that a couple times since it happened. That's and it just happened last night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I spent most of my morning at work when it was dead. Yeah. <laughs> Watch. Uh, all right. So uh, speaking of fantastic and phenomenal, we're going to go into <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go on the WWE news with Dylan. Oh, yeah, I'm stoked. Um, so, Raw kicks off with a Bobby Lashley promo after mm-hmm. winning the United States title. Um, he's kind of speaking on how, you know, bringing relevance to the title and making it great and whatnot. Uh, out comes Theory with his newly won Money in the Bank briefcase. And he says that he will beat Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title to become champion again. And then he's going to become undisputed champion. So he's going to hold all three belts, basically. Um, Theory then throws his briefcase at Lashley, cheap shots him. Lashley gets the upper hand, throws him out of the ring. It sets up 
um, a six-man tag for later in the night, which I'll get to um, in the main event. In other news, the Mysterios defeated Judgment Day in tag action. Judgment Day is now ruined. Yeah, yeah. No, no they're um, done. Yep. What was one of the coolest factions WWE has done in a while is now an afterthought. Um, yep. AJ Styles defeated The Miz in singles action. A lot of rumors that he and Logan Paul are going to be a team against The Miz and someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a couple names kind of interchanged. Um, Which we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair teamed up. It's the women's champions <sighs> against their former challengers or former challengers for the belts. Uh, they defeated Carmella and Natalia. This was off the heels of Liv Morgan cutting her first, first promo as a champion. Started great, ended bad. And the whole thing was absolutely abysmal. Yeah. There, was, there was a lot of people who said the beginning of her promo was good. Oh, and then it terrible. got really shaky and like almost like she forgot what to say towards it's, the end. It's almost like she's I someone said this. I think it was even Bully Ray. She was trying it's to remember like, lines. Well, and she's like almost like pretending to be a pro wrestler. This yes, was bad. That's what Bully Ray said. This was bad. And the thing is, Dylan, like she has a lot of energy, which is good. Mm-hmm. She has no delivery. She has no yeah. like tone. You know, the high tone, the low tones, everything was like just her like being a fan almost. Mm-hmm. This was bad. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. The crowd's clearly behind her. She got a lot of you deserve it chance. Uh, but the promo was kind of weak. Um, in other news, Seth Rollins defeated Ezekiel in singles action. This was off of <laughs> WWE did their traditional fourth of July cookout that do every single Raw around the fourth of July. Ezekiel gets ketchup and mustard on Seth Rollins' uh, nice White swag. Suit. Yes, his nice shirt. Uh, this led to a match. Rollins beat him pretty easily um, with a stomp. Yep. In the main event, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits teamed up to face the team of Theory and Alpha Academy in six-man tag action. Lashley and the Profits do pick up the win here. Otis, I'm going to save Otis for later in the show. But anyway, the Profits and Lashley pick up the win in the main hey, event. So that was Raw? Yep. Uh, just speaking of Raw, um, there was a hot dog eating contest that was won by Akira yeah. Tozawa yep. with we'll, 48 uh, hot dogs. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive a little deeper into oh, hot dog okay. eating contest a little later. Uh, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> On to SmackDown. Terrible. So we got a... Outside of the opening segment, the show sucked. Uh, we got a really good promo from Paul Heyman to kick off the show, talking about how dangerous Brock Lesnar can be. He tried to hammer home the fact that this is the last time Reigns and Lesnar are ever going to face each other for the title. <laughs> yeah, I believe it when I see it kind of thing. You know, WWE. It's not going to happen, no. Um, Roman Reigns made a shocking appearance on SmackDown, which should not be said considering he is the undisputed champion. He should be appearing on the show. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Ludwig Kaiser in singles action. This to kind of set up a feud between uh, Walter and Nakamura for the IC title, which if given proper time and a proper build and a proper match could be killer. It'd be the best match of the night. Yes. Um, hopefully they do it at SummerSlam. We'll see. Uh, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey are going to have a match at SummerSlam. That match oh. is now set in stone. Uh, good, good. Rousey says she's coming for the title. 
Oh my gosh, dude. So Liv's Liv's promo was better on SmackDown, but it was easier because like Cole was interviewing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the be- the best part about the woman on this week was Natalia. Natalia saved both segments. I thought mm-hmm. Ronda is just so bad on the mic. Oh yeah. my god! So there were a lot of rumors that Ronda might take some time away, do like a part time schedule kind of thing, since she dropped the belt. That's clearly not happening. She's gonna uh, face Liv for the title at uh, SummerSlam. In uh, a few weeks. Quick, quickly, Dylan, what do you think happens in that match? I wouldn't be shocked if they put the belt back on Ronda. See, I think it's going to go... I think Liv's actually going to retain. By but some she loses shit. No, I think she's still going to lose the match by DQ. I mm-hmm. think Charlotte comes mm-hmm. out, attacks uh, Ronda. We have a triple threat match at Classic Castle, and then Charlotte pins Liv. Liv is not holding the title past Classic Castle. She's I don't think so champion. either. Yep. That's what it feels like, unfortunately. Uh, Lacey Evans turned heel, which should have been the thing from the start. Yeah. Uh, Lacey Evans is a great heel. Oh, she's and, a great heel. And the women's division needs a really good, strong heel. Um, and she'll benefit in that role better than being a baby face. Uh, the online uh, wrestling community, they do not like uh, Lacey Evans. I don't know why. I do. Yeah, I, I think too. she's great. She's she's not that great in the ring. She could get better. But I think personality-wise, especially as a heel, she's top-notch. I think she's better than Liv Morgan in the ring. But go on. Uh, we did get the tennis collection. Next. Thank you. Um, in the main event, in the main event, it was advertised to be Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, where the winner would get a title shot at Clash of the Castle, whoever the champion may be. Wink, wink. We know it's going to be Roman. However, WWE decided to run an angle in which Sheamus said he wasn't feeling well. He even made a joke about COVID, which is, I mean, depends on who you are. Probably not the best thing to do in the day and age that we live in. Drew McIntyre faced uh, Pete Dunn instead, because I refuse to call him by that other stupid name. And which McIntyre won? Bleacher Report. Yeah, Bleacher Report gave this a D minus. The entire segment. So, does that mean Drew gets the title shot at Clash of the Castle? Do we still have to have a match between him and Sheamus? SummerSlam. Yeah, I would assume they do that at SummerSlam, like a number one contenders match then. But... Yeah, that was just a waste. Why not do just like a like a generic injury angle? You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong yeah. with that? You could say like he like even if he wanted to weasel out, be like, "Hey, I was stretching, pulled my hamstring. I'm not good to wrestle." We've seen heels do that so many times. I don't get making fun of a worldwide pan- pandemic as your reason to. Uh... Seamus, Seamus said the COVIDs. Yeah, the COVIDs, not COVID nineteen. <laughs> You said the COVIDs. Um, but anyway, right. that, was, that was WWE. Let's uh, SmackDown is at an all-time low. Like, yeah, you... in, my, in my lifetime, Dylan, I don't remember it being this bad. Do you? Like, is there any point in time where you remember it being this bad? You know what? I don't. No. Uh, 2010 is about as close as I can remember WWE being this bad. Yeah, but it's um, just every Smack. I mean, 2010, there were some decent SmackDowns. Yeah. But so God. what's funny? What's funny about you making comments about SmackDown is you say every single week this is the worst they've ever been, and then the following week they somehow get worse. Oh, it was worse than last week. I oh, know I... it's every week. The last like five weeks straight, you're like, "This is the worst SmackDown's ever been," and then the following week, you're like, "I lied. This one was the worst yeah, they've ever I know. been." Oh wait, this one was actually like, 
they're just on a downward trend, and it's not good. It's how not is, good. How has Fox approved this? WWE's weekly shows are very unwatchable. The, the live event, the premium live events, I'll call it by the right thing, have been pretty enjoyable this year. They have For 2022, been they've yeah. been good. So, like, pay-per-view quality, good, not great. But the weekly shows are awful, and it makes people not want to watch the pay-per-views yeah. because your builds suck. Oh, yeah. So, they got to change something quick with the weekly entertainment. Oh, it's but, terrible. Um, that's all I got. All right, so we're going to segue into the indies. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, Dylan. This week I will highlight Guts and Glory Pro Wrestling based out of Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. This was also their debut show, so I'm excited to share some of the action from that show. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Ghost Shadow defeated Johnny Santos, Isaiah Wolf, and Tarzan Duran in a very fun fatal four-way contest. Prolific beat Omega Black in tag action with that pro- prolific clash. Zoltan defeated Fight or Die in tag action with a tidal wave. But in the main event, uh, Dino Constantino faced off against Dan Moth. Uh, Dan starts the contest in control, chopping the baby face in the corner. This guy is a walking... He, he's just a great heel. He's walking heat. He even had a shirt that said heel and an arrow pointing up to him. It, it was <laughs> so funny. I love the open palm strikes by Dan, halting any momentum the babyface had. Constantino tried to come back with strikes of his own, but they were always stopped. Dino was resilient throughout the whole match, however. He actually ended up winning with a roll-up pin. The crowd was electric for the babyface. Very fun way to close a very fun show. My MVP goes to Dan Moff, one of the best indie heels that you will find out there. Love the way he uses his character in his ring work. So go check out GGPW on YouTube with my MVP being Dan Moff. Good, good stuff. I love when wrestlers... So, like, whenever you use, like, heel or babyface or whatever, a lot Uh. of people deem that as, like, an insider term and, like, you're a mark if you use it. And even the wrestlers don't use it a whole lot. I love when wrestlers are like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So the fact that he's wearing a shirt that says heel, like, hey, I'm the bad guy. I love that. I, was I, I love those kind of heels that are very self-aware. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they don't try and do too much. They're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm the bad guy. You're supposed to hate me, and I'm going to give you a reason to hate me right now. And then they just kick someone in the nuts. Love it. Uh, so, good stuff. Uh, we will be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. So, you guys give them a like and a follow. Uh, we love doing these shout-outs. It's a lot of fun to do. Kyle brings something new and fresh every single week. And uh, good stuff. You said this was their debut show? Yes, sir. Good stuff. So we will definitely be sure to tag them. And please give them some love. Find them wherever they are available. Um, I'm pretty sure you said YouTube. Yep. Uh, just yep. on YouTube for now, I believe. Yep. Yep. So uh, definitely go subscribe to their YouTube channel. New promotion. We want to blow them up as much as possible. Absolutely. All right, Dylan, would you like to start with the day in history? Yep. So uh, this episode is going to post on July 10th. So that is what all of these dates are for. It's going to be for July 10th. I only have four points. However, some of these are going to take a little bit. So are you ready? Yep. I'll be here for an hour. Yep. Yep. June 10th, 1987. The Ultimate Warrior made his WWF debut by defeating Frenchie Martin. However, he was known as the Dingo Warrior. Hmm. Bet you didn't know that. No. 
1998, WCW ran a show called L.A. Melee. Uh, Sting defeated Hollywood Hogan in a steel cage in the main event of the show. Uh, Goldberg also defended his WCW title against Kurt Henning in the co-main event. Hmm. July 10th, 2001, Jeff Hardy defeated Mike Awesome to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. I believe it might have been his first hardcore title. It didn't say that in the note, though, so don't quote me on that. And finally, in 2011, this is the one that's going to take a little bit, TNA ran their Destination X pay-per-view. The main event of the show was AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, in which Styles picked up the victory. Also on the show, Brian Kendrick defeated Abyss to win the X Division Championship. And in another very memorable undercard match, the team of Eric Young and Shark Boy defeated Generation Me. Kyle, do you know who Generation Me is? Well, that happened to be the Young Bucks. It is the Young Bucks. So this is actually the last day the Young Bucks ever worked for TNA. They requested their release the very next morning, and that was granted. So they were released from the company the very next day. They have since reverted back to their original name, which was the Young Bucks, um, and have gone on this mega run since. This mm-hmm. decade-long dominance of tag, tag team wrestling. Thanks to TNA going like, yeah, you can leave. Yep. So uh, big thanks to who was running TNA at the time. So that's still Dixie Carter? Yeah, it was Dixie. So that's the Dixie era, 2011. So yep. uh, thank you, Dixie, for freeing the Young Bucks and letting them uh, be the best in the world at what they do. So, she didn't uh, care. No, she didn't care. She called them Generation Me. They were. I'm pretty sure their names were Max and Jeremy Buck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's the This Day in History segment. I thought that last one was a lot of fun to yeah, digest. Yeah, some uh, really good matches on that card as well. All right. It's time for my top five power ranking segment. Dylan, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So number five goes to Alan Angels. This is a guy that never got the time in AEW to shine, especially being in the Dark Order, which was a very big stable at the time. He got to challenge Speedball Mike Bailey for the X Division title on Impact, and the reaction he got from the crowd was priceless. Even though he was unsuccessful, him and Speedball had great chemistry in this match. If he ends up signing a full-time contract in Impact, that would be a huge boost in their mid-card scene because he really is an underrated wrestler. Number four goes to Jordan Oliver. He is currently a freelancer that's shown up in MLW in the past, actually teamed with Myron Reed. Very athletic and quite the talent for hardcore matches as well. He had an incredible week, defeating Dark Sheik, Calvin Tankman, Hunter Drake, and Jason Kincaid. That is not a bad weekly resume. Mm -hmm. Going from GCW and OPW recently, I hope he gets a contract with a big-time promotion because he can help a company in multiple ways. Number three goes to Konoska Takeshka. If I butcher the first name, I apologize, but it's Takeshka from uh, AEW that I guess he has shown up on AEW recently. At only 27 years old, he is such a complete wrestler for his offensive moveset to his selling ability. He was within moments of (coughs) defeating Eddie Kingston on Rampage, which was a very solid match. However, the one match that caught the headlines for him 
which is coming just short of capturing the PWG World title at PWG 19. AEW would be foolish not to sign him because he has all the ability. We just need to see him in an actual feud and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two goes to Alex Windsor. The Norfolk, England native had quite the week, and as I come more and more familiar with her, she's just a fighter, and I love it. Beating Ava White at RevPro, her biggest match of the week was against Maki Ito as she claimed the International Princess title uh, from Maki in a 13-minute banger. If you are looking for the next big star from the UK, she she very may well be your person. She has the confidence and a great look to be someone to keep your eye on in the future. My number one, Dylan, goes to Daniel Garcia. We are looking at the future of wrestling with Daniel Garcia. His technical wrestling game at only 23 years old is nothing that we have seen before. He cut a very good backstage promo on Wheeler Yuta, his opponent for the upcoming ROH show. But retaining the PWG world title against Takeshka in a potential match of the year candidate was enough to earn him the top spot. With no real weaknesses in Garcia's game, it proves he doesn't need to be with Jericho every week to succeed because his matches on the indies are bangers. Mm-hmm. So Daniel Garcia takes the top spot for the week. Daniel Garcia was part of that AAW show that we watched, wasn't he? Yes, he faced uh, Davey Richards. Yeah, I believe that was the first match I ever watched Daniel Garcia do, and I was like, this guy's the real fucking deal. Oh, yeah. Um, good list. Good list this week. Um, can I make, like, an honorable mention? Yeah. Can I, can I do my own? Uh, Christian Cage is one of the best heels in wrestling right now. Oh, oh yeah. Say. Dude's insane. I, I'm just waiting for him to wrestle. That's why I'm just really interested. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, obviously, everyone on Kyle's list, uh, banger match after banger match. Yeah. Just wait for heel Christian to wrestle. I'm sure he'll pop up on this list. But great promos so far since he's turned heel. Woo! He's been he, one of the best things in wrestling. He went not in on Matt Hardy. Yeah. Go watch it for those who haven't seen it. But a uh, good list. Daniel Garcia, top spot. Love that guy. So yeah, good. He's, yeah, he's great. Um, and hopefully Alan Angels gets signed because he is great too. I wish AEW used him properly. Anyway. Shocked uh, uh, did, Kyle doesn't put Matt Menard on his top five every week just for existing. I uh, did Speaking of Matt Menard, he almost, <laughs> almost got the number one this week. Did you see that promo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's great. God. Whew. You're talking about potential promo of the year? I think it's, ju- I think it's neck and neck with the MJF promo, personally. But uh, mm-hmm. do tell everyone your dummy M moment of the week, and I think I know what it is. Yep, uh, so on Raw for the 4th of July, there was a hot dog eating contest in which Kira Tozawa won, like Kyle said, for about, what, 40, was it 48 or 42? It was 48 hot dogs. 48 hot dogs. So Kira <laughs> Tozawa put down 48 hot dogs. Um, the camera focused on Angelo Dawkins and Otis the whole time, and then when the bell finally rang, the ref was like, winner, Akira Tozawa, who like, was just kind of like an afterthought there. Like, I'm trying to remember if he was ever shown on camera. Yeah, he was. He was just like, oh, dude. <laughs> that, man was, that man was scarfing him down. But that's not the part I wanted to talk about. So, um, in the main event of Raw, it was the Street Profits and Lashley versus Alpha Academy and Theory, like I said. Um, after the match, there was an angle done. It might have been during the match. I'm not sure. 
there was an angle done with Otis in which he didn't feel well because of all the hot dogs he ate, and he threw up on Chad Gable. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> due to Kyle's like persistence on how good Chad Gable is and how yep. good this team is, I've become such a big fan. These two deserve so much better than comedy spots. I right? know. They're so good. Like, Otis has always been, like, a funny guy with heavy machinery and then doing a singles run. Like, he's always been that lovable, like, goof. And even as a heel, he still has those goofy mentalities, like, those goofy mannerisms. And so does Chad Gable. But I think they make such a good team, and they're so good at what they do. We need to take them more seriously. So, I guess my dummy moment not only goes to Otis vomiting, because it made me kind of giggle. Uh, also goes to WWE's mismanagement with their tag division of Otis and Gable deserve to be pushed much better than they are. Yeah. Um, but that's my that's my dummy moment this week. If you want to if you want to keep them as a team, great. If you want your next Daniel Bryan, that's what uh, Chad Gable can be. But Dylan, uh, my uh, my dummy moment of the week goes to WWE management. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this one? Oh boy. So, when Logan Paul signed with WWE, it caught major headlines from across many different platforms. We know, or we now know, according to multiple sources, that Logan Paul will be calling the shots with how he is booked in the company. Hmm. Apparently, he wants to be a babyface. But, Dylan, how in the world is that going to work if he's just going to get booed out of the building? We still aren't sure if Logan will face Miz one-on-one. Or if the internet star will team with AJ Styles and go against Chomp and Miz, I, mm-hmm. we, we don't know yet, which has been semi-teased. Um, either way, Styles deserves better, and Logan Paul is a babyface. It's just not going to work. He's a Paul brother. Yep. They are hated. Yep. By, like, just play into that. Mm-hmm. Like, the Paul brothers are so, like, unanimously disliked by like pop culture, especially Jake. So if he ever shows up to WWE, even if it's in a managerial role, he's a heel. Oh, you have to. You have like, to bring him. Like I don't get why. Like it's just like it, it kind of like how I touched on the Lacey Evans thing. How she's just such a great heel. Just keep that going. The Paul brothers are natural heels. People love to hate them. Mm. So don't make them a baby face. That's stupid. That's dumb. That's dumb management. <laughs> That is well, dummy. Yeah, management. <laughs> I don't get I, it. I don't get it. I don't either. I, I don't either. Um, I, um, I guess I'll save it till after, or I guess before we segue. Um, so, Don, would you like to tell everyone what we're doing next week, and then we're going to segue into the interview with J Two Mattioli? Yeah. So uh, next week's going to be a fun episode. Uh, we're going to kind of reminisce with our childhood a little bit. With John Cena celebrating his 20th year with WWE, we're going to do like a sort of John Cena retrospective of sorts. It's the first time outside of an interview that one wrestler, I think, has gotten a spotlight on our show, right? I think it's the first uh, time we've, we've done yeah. a whole episode on one person that we didn't talk to. Um, yeah. So that'll that'll be a lot of fun to do. Cena obviously dominated WWE and probably wrestling as a whole when Kyle and I were kids uh, when we got into wrestling it was John Cena everything so it'll be fun to kind of talk about some stuff that we liked and even stuff that we didn't like you know I'm, I'm not just gonna love the guy the whole time I've got some beef I've got yeah. some beef but uh mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be a fun conversation next week 
No, it is. Um, before we segue, uh, Dylan, real quick, um, what do you think of the SummerSlam build this far? Because the the card is almost done. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you think about it? And um, what is a match that you're excited and dis or not excited about quickly? So, I think the build has been okay, considering they built more towards SummerSlam than they did Money in the Bank. The build has been all right. Um, the match I'm, to be honest, I don't really have a match I'm excited for. Um, obviously, outside of the wrestling world, everyone knows I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan. So seeing him in a wrestling ring is going to be enjoyable for me anyway, because I'm just a big fan. But match-wise, is the match going to be good? It'll be serviceable. Pat's, yeah. Pat's, Pat's athletic, and Corbin can work really well with anyone. Yeah. So, but am I excited about it? Not, not really. Like I don't, I don't know. Like SummerSlam feels kind of weird this year. Am I wrong in saying that? No, it feels very weird. This, this feels like this. This should have been. I feel like SummerSlam would have been a bigger thing if Cody wasn't injured. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I hate to like constantly revert to that with WWE stuff, but they're clearly missing star power right now. And, and I think them. I think another thing is too, like they used a lot of what they built from Money in the Bank to pretty much push mm-hmm. into because they're doing the Street Profit two shows again. If we get more of the last part of the match through mm-hmm. the whole match and this one, that can be a yeah. banger. Um, we're also ninety nine percent getting Riddle Seth Rollins. Yep. Two guys who cannot afford a loss, more than likely Seth Rollins is going to win. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be another loss for Riddle. Yeah. Um, if there's one match, Dylan, um, Liv Morgan Ronda might be good. Mm-hmm. It might. Or it could be an absolute dumpster fire. It's only going one of two ways. There's no yes. like middle of the road, I think, with that match. No, it's either um, going to be very serviceable it's mm-hmm. not going to be a great match. It's either no. going to be serviceable or it's by far going to be the worst match of the night. Also, one quick thought about SummerSlam. The one thing that's keeping me intrigued the most is you book a main event as a last man standing match. There, Obviously, the internet's going to rumble that theory might cash in or attempt to. So, Well, uh, they, they mention it like every segment on the weekly shows. Yeah. Personally... I, I said it last week. I'd let that be a slow burn. Let that build, but um, don't 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 be shocked if WWE tries to pull the trigger in uh, the heist of the century 2.0 kind of thing without Seth Rollins. And also, don't be don't be shocked if Austin Theory cashes in and doesn't win either. I could see that happening as well. I think that's the wrong move, but whatever. Because Roman's winning, and yep. so is Drew. Yep. That's going to be the match at the uh, Clutch of the Castle. Clutch of the Castle. Um, Roman's not losing the belt to Mania. I, I think it's pretty much set now that he's that, not losing until Mania. Mm-hmm. That Cody um, is going to be the one to beat him. Yeah, and then uh, Theory cashes in. Or Theory's going to cash in and lose. It's one of those two ways. But, <sighs> we'll, but see. A, we'll see. Yeah, what that's happens. the WWE talk. Um, we're going to segue into the interview with J2. It was a great interview. We had a lot of fun with this. I'm super excited for next week and what's to come. We actually have some food surprises as well. So, uh, Dylan, anything else before we head out? Um, no, not really. Uh, really excited for everyone to hear this conversation. And also, um, he's got a big match this week. I pr- believe he promotes at the end of the interview, so definitely check that out. 
All right. So we will catch everyone next week. And we are on the road, unfortunately, to SummerSlam. <laughs> you know you'll watch it. You know you'll watch talk, eat tacos. With uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm going to watch it the next day because I don't care about it. All right, everyone, we are super excited to have another top indie wrestler on the show today, J2 Mattioli. Thanks again for coming on the show. So would you like to tell our audience how you got into the pro wrestling industry? Hey, guys, uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, yeah, r- pretty much uh, it's a kind of an interesting way to get into wrestling. I, uh, my brother was a very big wrestling fan, and he always wanted to do the wrestling thing. And he found out that down here in San Diego, they were, uh, Rey Mysterio was training at a school where uh, B-Boy, uh, the New Age Punisher, was teaching at and it was called battle you at the time and uh we both decided to kind of do it together uh originally i i didn't want to do it in in the long term i, I was just kind of going with him to kind of help him overcome the fear of doing it on his own and then after he got comfortable i was going to leave but it turned out that he ended up quitting and i ended up staying so that's kind of <laughs> how how it ended up happening for me gotcha gotcha that's pretty cool did you did you grow up a fan of wrestling, or is it just something like you said where you know you see an ads like, oh, this could be fun? No, yeah, I definitely grew up as a wrestling fan. I, okay. I started watching wrestling when I was like uh, ten years old. Who were some of your favorites growing up? Oh man, Undertaker. Yeah, that's a popular one. He was just, <laughs> hey, it's not even a bad thing. Like it was just the presence of the Undertaker that it just won't be matched. Now, were you mainly a WWE guy? Or did you watch other promotions as well? I was 100% a WWE guy. I only watched WWE. That was it. Okay, so you're a little bit like Dylan now. I got you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Stop. All right, Dylan, would you like to get into your first question? That was my first question, Kyle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, recently I saw a picture you posted on your Twitter by the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo sign, which is super cool that you got to experience that. So I saw you actually in a picture with Tanahashi and Shibata. Can you tell us about your time there and who else you got to meet? Yeah, it was great. Uh, Pretty much, uh, I guess, because of Forbidden Door, they were going to have a a quick little seminar with uh, Tanahashi and Shibata that was really short notice. So uh, I I did the, the New Japan... Uh, I did a, a seminar before with uh, Rocky Romero, so mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of give dibs to the guys who've already kind of been there already. So uh, I was able to kind of go there, and, and and it was pretty much what you expected. It was it was one of those things where it was more just Shibata trying to break us. He was just trying to see <laughs> who 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 wanted it, you know, because we did nothing so much in wrestling. Like the the most wrestling we did was probably hit the ropes. Everything mm-hmm. else was push ups and squats and. I was like, man, am I am I back to day one or or what? But he <laughs> destroyed us. It was a, it was definitely a, <laughs> an eye opener, but uh, it was everything I, I expected. Honestly, I mean, everybody was telling me about it. But uh, as far as Shibata went, that was what I what I experienced with him. But Tanahashi himself, nicest guy I've ever met. Uh, that was the first time I ever met him, and he's one of the guys that I I uh, kind of was starting to watch when I when I first got into wrestling. And uh, it was just great to be around him and his positive energy. And uh, he even told us um, that his favorite person to watch was uh, Shawn Michaels. So that was really cool. Really? There's yeah. definitely similarities there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so- <laughs> oh, go ahead, Dylan. Oh, I was going to say, so uh, you, you said you've done some of the, the New Japan dojo stuff a couple times now, correct? 
Yeah, I did. Uh, I did a seminar with Rocky Romero, uh, and he was a uh, he was just kind of doing the little little thing. I think he was also looking for guys for uh, for New Japan Strong. So uh, I think that's what the seminar was for originally. What was what was the timeline on that? Like, when did that that first one take place? Uh, that was probably like four months ago. I would oh, say so four, four. Yeah, yeah, very not very long ago. Did you just kind of stumble upon the the seminars, or was there like a big thing? Because obviously it took place in uh, you said L.A. Obviously, you do a lot with MPW based out of that general area. Um, how did you actually come across seminars? Uh, so I think they posted a uh, they posted some sort of uh, uh, something on their Twitter or, or their Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember they posted something with a picture saying, "Hey, we're doing a." a Rocky Romero seminar and it's a hundred dollars. And, you know, I, I looked at it and I was like, man, you know, I'm trying to get to new Japan. So why not? Let's, let's try to go see what it brings. You know, I didn't know what it was going to be about, but I just, me and a couple guys from level up decided to go do it. So we took a chance. So are you, are you actively trying to get to new Japan? That's the dream, brother. That's the dream. Okay. Who, who else do you like there? Or who else do you, uh, do you watch a lot? Who would you like to wrestle? Cause there's some, or there is a lot of talent out of New Japan. Honestly, my my biggest goal in wrestling is to wrestle Okada. That is the yep. <laughs> the guy I want to wrestle. So okay, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there's just so much talent. Like Takahashi, you have Tiger Mask, you have Jeff Cobb. There there's so much talent, and New Japan does some great stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Dylan, would you like to go into your next question? Yeah. So I want to. You've you've been very busy recently with the with with the new japan dojo stuff and you uh something happened a few weeks ago uh with mpw care to explain what's the beef between you and and beetle what's up man <laughs> me 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 and super beetle <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i mean you know he he took a break for a while and i could have sworn that uh he was done so uh i had a kind of teach him a lesson and, and kind of make him go back to taking a longer break if you feel me <laughs> hey absolutely don't let him take your shine that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh man there's a how, how do you feel about being a heel in wrestling uh this is kind of the first time i'm actually i've actually kind of really embraced the heel thing uh before i i was doing it uh kind of prematurely with anti heidi and mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to kind of dip my feet into it and and kind of feel it out but i wasn't really a heel heel i was just yeah. kind of mind controlled but uh now that i can actually talk and have this freedom of being this this uh character that that i uh, am in full control of is a very different experience and uh it's really it's really fun but it's also very uh it's very tough because you know I'm, I'm trying things that uh i feel like most people aren't trying anymore mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of guys are just trying to be liked nowadays, and yeah, and uh, I'm just trying to not be liked. That's the mm-hmm. that's the goal, you know. I'm trying to make people not like me because I'm a very likable guy, supposedly as a babyface. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always had the crowd in. You you always had the crowd in your matches. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've heard like the big common thing amongst wrestling is wrestlers enjoy being a heel more than a face because they have more of that creative freedom. And I've even heard some people say it's easier. Do you feel the same way about that, or, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's definitely easier to be hated than loved, yeah. I think. Because yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll go to shows, and 
<laughs> sometimes they just don't like me, <laughs> you know, no matter, <laughs> no matter what. But uh, that's just kind of what comes with the game, you know. You just never know what's going to happen. But when you're – I think it's so much easier just to be hated. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, with being a pro wrestler, how does it affect how you watch other wrestling? What are some specific things that you look for? Are you trying to learn – or are you just trying to like use it for entertainment purposes now? Man, that's a really good question. Um, so ever since I really started getting into wrestling, I kind of stopped being a fan and really started being a student of the game. Mm-hmm. So every time I would watch wrestling, it was more just watching their footwork, watching how they transition into things, or even watching their character work, how they, how they use their character into their matches. Uh, and I, it just kind of became that. I, I stopped being a fan, which kind of... <laughs> kind of sucks because it kind of killed wrestling for me as far as like like monday night raw like i can't like watch monday night raw anymore and be like man i i'm just gonna enjoy the show today no it's really tough because i just i just watch the show and i watch how the guys work mm-hmm. and it's, it's just become a thing with me the only the only time i really watch wrestling and become a fan is when i watch um all japan pro or noah when i watch like misawa yep. the the four pillars that's when i become a fan because i'm such a fan of that style of wrestling that that's the only time I really let myself just enjoy the wrestling. Absolutely. So are you, are you a pretty big fan of pro wrestling, Noah? Uh, yes, I love pro That's <laughs> Actually, if, if I had to choose between New Japan and Noah, I would choose Noah. And why mm-hmm. is that, you think? It's just because Masawa is my favorite wrestler of all time. And it? It, would, it would be an honor to just be a part of the company that he made. You know? So that's definitely my goal. So he he's the dream to wrestle then. Oh, he would he would have he would have been the guy that if I could if I could wrestle anybody no matter what time frame Masao was the guy, I could die happy. <laughs> <laughs> now there is a there is a guy um, that's been in WWE that uh, that does wrestle for uh, pro wrestling Noah named Simon Gotch. Um, he is he was actually one of my favorites in NXT. So uh, if you ever got to wrestle him one day, that would be. That would be awesome. And a guy named Ninja Mac. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He whew, he does some great stuff as well. So, yeah, I met I met both of them at, in, in Dallas at GCW. Really? Yeah, I was down at uh, the Collective in Dallas, and I was able to meet everybody over there. So it was really really cool to meet those guys and kind of see them work. So, okay, awesome. All right, Dylan. Who who are some guys um, currently wrestling that you watch? You try and. Uh, take a little bit from you mentioned you're kind of a student of the game now you see a move and it's like oh wow you know i want to add that or ooh that that slight trait like, is there any names that pop in mind from the current state of wrestling and maybe some from the past as well yeah i definitely i definitely watch a lot of jeff cobb i, I like the power stuff he does yeah uh, he's one guy that i've been watching a lot of but uh i've been watching a lot of lucha libre lately uh, just because i've been training with uh, super astro jr I level up and he's been really opening my eyes to Lucha Libre. And uh, I've been watching a lot of his dad, Super Astro Senior. I've also been watching a lot of Dos Caras and uh, Mil Mascaras. Those mm-hmm. are kind of the guys I've been watching a lot of lately. Now, did you, are you familiar with uh, Lucha Underground? Yes. Yes. Did you, did you watch that pretty consistently or do you find yourself maybe going back and watching that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely watched. I, I wouldn't say I watched all of it, but I definitely watched a lot of the top matches on there. I, that's kind of where I, I first saw Pentagon and Phoenix, and I even saw like Little Cholo. B, uh, my teacher B Boy, he was even on there for a little bit. But uh, really? a lot of the okay. local guys mm-hmm. were on there. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, Low Trying to Ground is absolutely one of my favorites. So uh, 
you know, you get guys like Brian Cage and Pentagon and Phoenix. It's it's just awesome to see them in a different environment. But uh, so I actually saw a match of yours that took place a few months ago. It's very odd you just said that against Super Astro Jr. And you really have the whole package in the ring. You have the power game, the mat wrestling, but you're also very comfortable um, doing moves on the top rope as well. So what would you say is your biggest strength and weakness when it comes to your ring work? Uh, I would say my strength is definitely the strength. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is, uh, I think that's where I really shine uh, as well as my strikes. My strikes are, uh, I've been told by, by even my coach B-Boy, I'm one of the, the top strikers in SoCal, uh, which is very difficult because a lot of guys out here, they try to be strikers. They try to emulate that style. And uh, it's really tough to, to 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 be a striker but also at the same time protect your opponents you know so uh Absolutely. it's just some, something i really 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 worked on uh as far as weakness goes uh i would i would have to say it's definitely the the flippy stuff you know i i'm not scared to try it uh mm-hmm. i've i've definitely dabbled in it it's just it's one of those things where <laughs> i'm bottom heavy so sometimes i can't you know one time i could nip up and sometimes i can't it just depends on how the body's working, but uh, that's that's probably I would say is the the biggest thing is just the the whole flippy in like stuff like that acrobatic stuff. You were in a match recently. I for the life of me, I can't remember who it was I was it Cameron August? Were you in a ladder match with him and he did the Swan Tom off the off the ladder onto you? Yes, uh, he is very athletic. So I can't. I want yeah. to shout out Cameron August as well. He is uh that was a really fun match though. And if you have not seen that, that was pretty cool stuff but uh yeah yeah that was uh that was our first ladder match at level up and uh yeah me and cameron we've been we've been kind of wrestling for a couple months we had a pretty good storyline with the enterprise mm-hmm. he beat me for the level up title and uh i think three months we kind of worked our way back into it and got my title shot back and beat him fair and square so uh yeah it, it was one of my i will say that's probably my best match i've had so far wow. ever yeah so far <laughs> So that's a lot of wrestling to go. Yeah, he's still yeah, he's still, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's still young, got a lot to go. But uh, I know. <laughs> what, right, what are what are some of your favorite match types that you've been in personally, and what are some other ones that you'd like to participate in? I know we just talked about the ladder match. Uh, I've been in a tables match. Uh, I was in a tables match with Damian Six Six Six. I don't know if you know you guys know who that is. Yep. Yep. So I I did my very first tables match with him. It was funny because he didn't know what it was about, so he was kind of like. I think he threw me on the table and then he went for a pin and the guy's like, you won already. So that was kind of interesting. I'd like to kind of <laughs> do that again one day, but uh, I, I would say the match that I definitely want to have is a, a cage match. Cause uh, I haven't had one yet, but there's definitely opportunities to have a cage match around here in SoCal. So. Yeah. Well, the, the, the big rave now uh, it's kind of making a comeback is the more hardcore deathmatch style. Is that something you'd be interested in doing or you're like, nah, <laughs> tables is good enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I think I'll stick with uh, I'll think I'll stick with tables. <laughs> okay, that's so you don't want to wrestle? I expected. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. don't you don't want to wrestle Nick Gage, do you? <laughs> Definitely not. Nicest nicest guy in the world. I'll tell you that nicest guy. He he told me he'd he'd uh, he he said to me, any friend of Benny's is a friend of mine. So I'd rather keep it that way. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> that is one guy I would not want to work with, Nick Gage. I mean, he'd be great to work with. But man, with him being in that environment, whew, no, thank you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I've, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I've met him like a couple times at GCW. 
and nicest guy, nicest guy you've ever met. And then when he's in that ring, it just that presence and the way he just gets that crowd is crazy. It's it's a uh, it's something you got to be to see. You got to be there to see it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So talk about the California Indies wrestling scene. Who are some wrestlers that we should keep an eye on? And what are some promotions in the state that you are seeking to work for? Uh, so SoCal scene's pretty uh pretty interesting at the moment. Uh, I would say that there's there's not too many guys from SoCal, in my opinion, that are the tip top of the, tip top to go to the indie scene. I would say there's only a few guys really right now. There's okay. there's a lot of new faces that are they're trying to kind of get out there, and a lot of young young people right now in the business so i think uh, there's still a lot of room to grow at the moment but as far as who i think should be really looked at and he's already kind of getting out there right now is uh jordan cruz i don't know if you guys know jordan cruz yeah yeah jordan cruz is one guy that i think he's going to be signed any second like it could happen tomorrow like that's how good he is and this guy's on tv he's everywhere and he's to me he's that guy so Mm -hmm. jordan cruz definitely uh judiz i don't know if you guys know judiz is another top name that's kind of the same boat as Jordan Cruz. Uh, I think Hunter Freeman. Hunter Freeman's a very mm-hmm. ta- talented guy. I think he should be on GCW regularly. Um, as far as y- young, up-and-coming guys, man, I it's like you guys said, Cameron August. He is one of mm-hmm. our top guys at Level Up, and he needs to be out there. He just got out to Washington, but I, I want to see that guy out more. Absolutely. So those are definitely the guys that uh, – I think, but if I had to shout out one more guy, it'd have to be Michael Hopkins, my uh, my old tag partner. Mm-hmm. He's a very talented guy. Uh, I think he should be getting out more too. But uh, you know, it's all up to these guys. <laughs> right. And then as far as uh, promotions, I'm trying to get to uh, one promotion. I'm really trying to get on is West Coast Pro, and uh, luckily I've, I've I've been talking to the promoter, so uh, I'm just kind of waiting right now. He already hit me up, and uh, I think we're trying to figure out some dates and. Uh, Pretty soon, hopefully, I can get on West Coast Pro. And uh, another promotion is PCW. Uh, from there's two. There's there's the PCW in Los Angeles, and uh, also the one in Arizona, which are kind of similar companies. Uh, I think they travel. You can use both. And then, uh, obviously, the other big one is uh, LA Fights. I'm trying to get on LA Fights. You know, get my get myself on those GCW shows. Absolutely. Um, who are you for West Coast Pro? Is there anyone that you're really just wanting to get in the ring with? Yeah, I want to get. I want to wrestle Titus Alexander. That guy is really. He's that kid's super talented. I definitely want to get a match with that guy. When uh, when you think about MPW, you have yourself. You got Jordan Cruz. Another two guys, Brendan Devine and Miggy Rose. Just you know, they they stick out. So I think those are two more guys that absolutely could get looks. What do you think about that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, Brendan, Brendan's super talented. I've wrestled him a couple times, and every time we're in the ring, you know, he just gets it. And the same yeah. thing with uh, Miggy Rose. Uh, he's another guy that just he's, – he's just got this talent, and I think it's a matter of time before these guys just kind of pop out and everybody gets to see them. So uh, I'm pretty excited for the future for everybody in SoCal. Absolutely. All right, Dom. Yeah, so I want to talk about Millennium Pro a little bit. Um to my knowledge, one of the few indie promotions that run a weekly show, how beneficial is that now that you're kind of going through a character change, being able to do that on a weekly basis as opposed to once a month or once every other month to flesh that character out just a little bit more and develop it more? How beneficial is that? Oh, man, it's, you know, it's night and day. The So ever since COVID happened, you know, wrestling changed a lot for a lot of people and, and wrestling mm-hmm. kind of became less and less. 
So once MPW kind of came back and I was able to kind of get on there and I told them, I said, hey, I, I really want to be on your guys' show every week. Like, this is something I want to do consistently. And I was able to do that. So uh, ever since being on there consistently, it's really drastically helped me improve in my ring work as well as um, taking care of myself because, you know, we're so used to wrestling once a month and just kind of going out there and killing ourselves for <laughs> for chunk mm-hmm. change just because yeah. we're wrestling once a month. But this place has also taught me to not kind of blow my load, but also uh, work on the storytelling more than just the moves. You know, it really taught me to appreciate how the fans react and things like that. And as far as characters, it really dive deep into character work um, mm-hmm. and really kind of evolve these characters every week instead of it just being like random random things every month absolutely yeah so when you when you're when you think about mpw um you've been in a lot of tag team matches are you more comfortable as a singles star or do you think you're more comfortable in multi-man matches a tag team Where, where do you see yourself as i guess is your biggest strength when it comes to the ring uh, definitely singles match. Uh, gotcha. You know, when I first started, I, I was mostly tag tag wrestling all the time, and I, I started doing a lot of tags with Michael Hopkins and Casey Douglas, and we were eight bit lit, and that was kind of my thing for a while. And then as I started getting more comfortable in the ring, and I, I started getting more matches under my belt, that's when I started realizing, all right, this is who I am. This is my character, and I just started getting a hang for the singles wrestling. And you know, on MPW they have a pretty decent sized roster. So they're trying to fit everybody on the card and make sure that there's a spot for everybody. And as far as for me, it it has to start with a tag team. And then, then it kind of became to a singles thing and then back to a tag team. But to me, it doesn't really matter where they put me, whatever they do with me, I'm going to make it work. Cause at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. Whatever you give us, like we should be making it work. So absolutely. No, I got you. Uh, Don't you have any more questions for uh, J2 here? Yeah, as we're kind of talking about character work, can you tell our audience and also maybe some, you know, someone who's listening who who wants to get into wrestling in some form how crucial it is maybe for you for promo work? That's one of the big things that Kyle and I love to to analyze a little bit is is cutting a good promo. Um what were some of your favorite moments that you can remember um and also how how crucial is that to developing a character? Uh, so promo, promo work is a huge thing. I think a lot of guys nowadays in wrestling, they're, they're, they're more going towards the realism, which is the whole fighting thing and, and looking tough in the ring, but people still don't realize that, you know, people care about you. They care about who you are, Mm -hmm. the person. And, uh, that's the reason a lot of these people come back is because they want to see you succeed or they want to see you fail because you made them feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, um, my biggest thing is just as far as moments that really showed me, man, like the, what we're doing is real to these people. Uh, it's probably when I wrestled Rebel Storm and he changed me from the Void J2 uh, back to, uh, you know, he broke the spell and the crowd just erupted. And that, uh, what do we call it? Throwing babies in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so so the crowd really like, it was crazy. Like they, they truly believed that he saved me and they were just crying and, And it was just the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, wow, like we really got them. And uh, that was one of those moments that I I was like, you know what? This is the most important thing in wrestling. Um, And I guess the other thing would be 
is just constantly work on your promos. Like, don't be scared to talk. Like, you know, I, I know people say it all the time, go in front of the mirror and talk, but mm-hmm. I, I really think, you know, just, just get comfortable talking, whether it's in the ring, whether it's just by yourself and try to be your character and try different things out. I think too many guys are afraid of, of failing. I think guys are scared of trying things out and, and, you know, oh, I'm going to sound dumb or I'm going to look stupid, but, but who cares? You know, at the end of the day, like people aren't going to remember that they might remember something else, you know, that they're going to care about the stuff that matters to them. So, so it's okay if you mess up because at the end of the day, you're going to fix it and get better. It's all about the learning process. Mm-hmm. That's, it. That's what it is in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people sometimes realize that wrestling still needs characters. Um, yes. You know, you can have a lot of guys put on a lot of good matches, but Kyle and I, I mean, we'll, we'll get red in the face when you see such a good, talented, you know, technician who can't talk or yeah. it sounds very robotic. Like, I, you know, wrestling needs characters, I yeah. guess. And, and promos, to me, it's, it's one of the most important things outside of just being good in the ring. Um, but, yeah. 100%, 100%, yeah. I just think a lot of guys nowadays aren't, aren't really pushing for both anymore. Everyone's either one or yeah. the other, you know. Either, either they're really good at promos, but they're not very good wrestlers. Or they're very good wrestlers, but they're not good at promos. But I, I really, truly believe that hopefully this next crop of talent of young guys that come into the business, I'm really hoping there's a couple of us that can do both and really change the game. Because, I mean, that's what it was back then. It was a lot of guys that could do both. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I'm hoping that kind of comes back because, uh, as in, I don't know, I think it's going to be a while before wrestling really gets interesting again and people can really yeah. – get behind people i think so, oh, more oh i was gonna say i think more indie promotions need to go possibly to a weekly format like mpw does give those guys and girls a, a chance to let the character breathe a little more because like you said it's challenging when you do it only once a month 100 mm-hmm. percent. hard, to, hard mm-hmm. to invest in the yep. characters uh so before we wrap things up with our last question you just said uh, um if you have the talent in the ring and also on the mic, who is someone that you can think of just anyone in wrestling that has the whole package in the ring, but is also elite on the microphone? Uh, man. <laughs> putting you on the spot. <laughs> I know. I know you're putting me on there. Uh, Shawn Michaels, man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Uh, another guy is Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Those are like the two guys I can straight think of uh, just because those two are really great wrestlers. They can do anything in the ring. Another guy is Eddie Guerrero. I mean, I could, I could keep going after this, but like what I'm trying to say is like I, I, I say those late early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, all those guys we used to watch, like those are the guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Another underrated guy who actually still doesn't really wrestle, but it was really good on the mic and really good at wrestling. MVP from WWE was a really, really good wrestler, and he's still elite on the microphone. So, uh, oh yes, when it comes to both MVP, absolutely for me. Oh yeah, but um, don't you have anyone that you can think of? A uh, guy who actually just popped up on my TV screen, Cody Rhodes, is probably oh. another one where this the the when he switched to the American Nightmare gimmick. I, he went into a whole other trajectory. I mean, he was always, you know, crafting the ring, but his his promo stuff and his character stuff just went into overdrive. That's probably a, at least someone who's still going today. That's a name I could think of. Yeah, absolutely. 
But uh, so getting to our last question to wrap things up, pretty lighthearted question that we do every time someone is about to get out of here. Um, what is a popular food that you would be completely okay with not eating again for the rest of your life? So, for example, a lot of people like bacon. I'm just not a fan of it. Dylan, I don't know how popular peas are, but Dylan cannot stand those. So what <laughs> is one of your foods that is pretty popular, but man, you're just okay with not eating ever? Uh, pickles. Oh, God, I love pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I eat them out of the jar, man. Oh, man, they're so good. <laughs> I, I just can't eat them. I always take them out. I don't know why. I love cucumbers, though. Yeah, you strange. See, I can eat tomatoes, but I don't like ketchup. So weird. Oh, yeah. see, I like both. Yeah. <laughs> I eat ketchup with everything. So yeah, you put ketchup on your pancakes. Why don't you talk I, about I, that? I, I literally you know? no, dude. I anything you think of, I probably didn't ketchup. So yeah, I, I'm one of those really strange guys. But uh, anyway, we want to thank you again, J two, for being on the show. If you're ever wrestling in the Midwest, please let us know so uh, we can come support, go to the show. But uh, Dylan, if there's anything else you want to say. Yeah, uh, real quick before we hop off here, do you want to plug anything you got going on? Any shows, yeah. stores, yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's plug it all up. So uh, real quick, I want to plug over Level Up Pro Wrestling in uh, La Mesa, California. We're uh, having a show on Saturday, uh, June 9th, called Raise Up. Uh, that's going to be at 530 in San Diego, La Mesa area. And uh, if you guys can't make it, everybody that's out of California, they, they will be posted on IWTV. They usually post their episodes on Saturdays. So if you guys can try to, if you guys want to check out Level Up, go on IWTV. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, uh, Level Up Pro Wrestling on YouTube, where we update all our uh, Level Up matches. Uh, we also do a weekly showcase, which is uh, every Sunday. We usually update in the mornings around 7 a.m. And, uh, yeah, you guys can check that out. But other than that, you guys can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at J2Mattioli. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Sweet. All Good right. stuff. We are, uh, we're really looking forward to see what you have uh, coming up in the near future. But uh, thanks again, J2, for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Yes, sir.